Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Console War Fight Night, a retro gaming podcast where two classic video games will go head-to-head in nostalgic combat. Which game will become the first ever CWFN champion? We're going to find out tonight. I'm Jason Wellwood, welcoming you here at ringside and joining me on our expert commentary panel, it's Michael Borg, my good buddy. How's it going? I'm doing great. How about you? We've been planning and planning and planning some more episode one. Dude, I'm so stoked. I'm so happy to be here and doing this with you. We've got a great show planned for you tonight. It has been called a battle of rubber, steel, and random chance. Two kart racers, two ideologies, two iconic developers. Can they coexist? Now, we proudly present your finalist for the CWFN World Heavyweight Championship. Let's take a look at tonight's matchup card. In the red corner, this is the quintessential Cube Couch Co-op. It's Mario Kart Double Dash for the GameCube. This came out on November 17th, 2003. And of course, it's a kart racer. I shouldn't have to tell you that. Multiplayer and co-op support. And it averaged about 8 out of 10 on the review scores at its release. So this is definitely one of the better GameCube titles. I think, Mike, you would agree with that. You're quite fond of Double Dash, are you not? Oh, yeah. Childhood favorite of mine. Double Dash needs a solid competitor, of course. So in the blue corner tonight, the trifecta of transportation, if you will. It's Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64, originally released on November 24th, 1997. Developed by Rare, published by Rare, of course, another kart racer. And it also averaged the same as Double Dash upon its release, somewhere around that 8 out of 10 mark. So these games are neck and neck. They're both phenomenal kart racers, but we can only crown one champion tonight. We are just moments away now from the round one bell. Let's head to center ring for the opening announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the internet's number one nostalgic combat event. Console War Fight Night is now underway! Introducing first, fighting from the blue corner, representing the Nintendo GameCube, Mario Kart Double! its way down to the ring and I gotta tell you this game is determined tonight. I know a lot of people out there have been saying that Mario Kart Double Dash is nothing more than a flash in the pan, a beeline Mario title, a gimmick. This game is ready to give the fight of its life to Diddy Kong Racing and when asked what it thought of its opponent, Mario Kart Double Dash had this to say and I quote, so long Diddy Kong Racing. And remember to stay tuned to Console War Fight Night one year from now when we remaster and re-release this episode to remove that tasteless joke. Tonight's championship final takes place over six rounds, each focusing on a different aspect of the gameplay experience. To be crowned champion, a game must either outscore or outlast its opponent in the ring. 
Will we see a knockout tonight? It's the combined scores of our commentary panel who have researched these games extensively in preparation for tonight's fight that will decide the fate of these retro champions. And the opponent, fighting from the red corner, representing the Nintendo 64, Diddy Kong Racing! I had a chance to speak to Diddy Kong moments before the fight tonight, and I have to tell you, it holds one hell of a grudge against the Mario Kart franchise as a whole. When asked why there was so much hatred, Diddy told me that it was because of the series' frequent and abusive misuse of bananas in their kart racers. He then went on to explain that bananas were a fantastic source of potassium, nutrients, and fiber. It was at this point in the interview that Diddy Kong was thrown into a violent rage and threatened to throw its own fecal matter in my general direction. It was at this point that I exited the locker room area and came down here to ringside tonight. Talk about a close call, eh, Mike? Oh, yeah. You would have been all covered in poop. Tonight's contest is a versus exhibition battle, and it is for the CWFN World Heavyweight Championship! The HP meters have been filled to 20. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for nostalgic combat. This is Console World Fight Night! These two contenders will be rated by our panel in each round category using the CWFN's sliding scale, which ensures that the attack scores remain competitive at all times. Each commentator is given just five points per round to allocate between both games. Some tough calls will need to be made tonight to determine a winner as the sliding scale only allows for one game to earn the higher score. The higher one game scores in a round, the lower its opponent will rank in comparison. It takes a heavy hitter to come out on top tonight. Fighters, I want a clean fight tonight. No Chico, glitches, screen peeking, all grief. Keeping controllers connected and do not attempt to power down your console when you see the spinning icon on screen. I don't want any corrupt saves tonight. If you understand, touch gloves with your opponent and we'll start the fight. Round one, fight. Round one category up for debate is gameplay. We're talking all things control, game mechanics, and systems. Uh, is the gameplay loop even any good in these games? What modes and content are packed onto those cartridges and mini discs? And do they feel intuitive? Are they easy to pick up and play? Do they make sense? So let's jump right in, Mike. We've got two games to talk about. Mario Kart Double Dash, Diddy Kong Racing. I assumed you played these just as much as I did. I'm not going to spoil too much now right out of the gate, but I couldn't put one of them down. <laughs> You'll start to see <laughs> see why as we move through the rounds. But uh, you know what? Why don't you do the honors, Mike? Why don't you start off tonight? Uh, let me know what, what did you feel about these games in terms of gameplay? I think they both have like interesting takes on like racing in general. Like 
it is kart racing, but like Diddy Kong, especially like it kind of adds variety because like especially at the time when Diddy came out, like it was just like Mario Kart and these kind of weird kind of these weird kart racers that don't really have a defined formula, something like RC Program, for example. And like, yeah, because Diddy Kong tries to mix it up a lot because like you do the same track like over and over, but like it's this time it's with like a little boat you know, or a plane or the cart, you know, but they all feel like uh, natural and fluid, you know. Yeah, you know, Diddy Kong had like a lot of you saying like you do the same track and over and over and we'll get into that. But there definitely is a lot of repetition in that game. And I think it's for yeah. good reason, though. But we'll talk about that. Like Mario Kart, like, I guess at the time, like they saw they were uh, developing competition. Like there were games like Crash Team Racing that just came out. And that kind of that something like that is very influenced, heavily influenced by Diddy Kong Racing. And so with Double Dash, you kind of see Nintendo kind of amping it up a bit like compared to like the last century mario mario kart 64 where like it has a very simplistic style to it whereas double dash it kind of takes notes from like realistic racing you know like even some of the tracks are based on actual like tracks in real life are they actually i didn't know that like which ones uh, the, Lu the luigi track um it's based on the avis circuit like the layout of the track and i I'm not sure where it is exactly, like somewhere in Europe, I believe. Okay, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm not like a huge racing guy, so I don't even know what that is, but it, it sounds pretty neat. Yeah. I'm not I'm not that much of a racing guy myself. I know like Le Mans in France, but like that's about it as far as it goes. I think you make a good point that like these games, especially like when you're talking about Double Dash, yeah, they're okay, they're cartoony as hell, like they, they're supposed to be, it's a Nintendo game, but like... This did feel a lot more like the control felt a lot more it felt tighter than 64 does like I don't, if you've played uh, Mario Kart 64 it's very floaty it's very loose very yeah loose. it's kind of it feels like they've tapped into something but they don't they haven't mastered it yet like especially the drift thing yeah whereas this one feels a lot like it's still it's still pretty arcadey but it's definitely been tightened up and you can tell like they they even add statistics now so you know you can have different top speed and different acceleration and things like that that oh, will yeah. affect how you drive so they've definitely put more work into making the carts feel you know like they like who's riding in the cart actually has an effect on how it pilots or which cart you're using whereas mario 64 is just you know same all across the board right when you uh, played this, did you try like mixing up the characters or the carts? Like, yeah, if you use like a, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally, man. Like, I I was excited for that. I've never played Double Dash just for uh, heads up here. I've never touched it before, okay. and I was excited because I had heard about this. I remember when it came out, but I didn't own you know a GameCube growing up, so it wasn't something I had access to. But just the thought of, like, how are they going to handle the character swapping? And, you know, how does the team that you select have an effect on how things work? Because I remember the closest thing I could relate it to is playing Mario Tennis on the N64, where, you know, you had different character types. You had, like, strong hitters, and you had lighter hitters, but were a little more agile, a little faster, right? So I was kind of anticipating Nintendo was going that route with it. And they definitely did. But uh, I'll be honest... I was a little bit let down that they didn't take it further. Like, I think it's great that picking different character combinations will change the stats, of, of which there are three. So, for example, you play with a lighter character combination, combination, you'll have way more acceleration, but your top speed is very, very low. 
right? Uh, where yeah. if you play with a bunch of heavy guys, you get great top speed, but it takes you forever to get up there. So that was cool. But what I was a little bit let down on is when you're actually on the track, switching characters really has no effect on gameplay other than switching. It's basically a way to switch items is all it is. Yeah, it's like different. Like you kind of pick certain characters just for their like own specific weapon. Like Luigi's got like that fireball or whatever. Like. Yeah, definitely. Like, are you talking about uh, more like the close range attacks or? Every character kind of has their own signature weapon. Like DK has the banana and like Bowser drills like it throws a giant shell. That kind of consumes most of the track as a spinning. Right, right. Yeah, that was a pain in the ass on the uh, on the the baby. What's the name of the baby circuit? Uh, a baby park. Baby yeah. park. Where baby it's park. that's yeah, literally yeah. just a loop, right? And I think we yeah, should yeah. talk more about this in. Well, you know what? No, we can fit it in here, but we'll we'll talk a bit more of it about it in visual design too. But that track is just a loop. So for anyone who doesn't know, it it is short. To do a lap is probably like ten to fifteen seconds. It's not very long. Maybe even. It, it's got to be, it can't be more than that anyway. But it's so short that they actually upped the lap count to seven when you race on it instead of the standard three. I think um, what's great about that course, since like it goes on much longer because it's such a short track, but like if you have like three other friends playing and they all got like certain weapons, like it gets chaotic wicked fast. Like if you throw, yeah. you'll see people throwing. I've heard stories of people like they would throw items across the track to try to hit whoever's in first place, like bombs or whatever. Like, Eventually, it just becomes like a crazy shit show at some point. You know, uh, before I started playing, you actually said Baby Park is. You said I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said it's like crazy. Like Baby Park's nuts, yeah. It's yeah. nuts or something. I was thinking, well, like, when I saw the, like, the map, it was just a circle, and I went, "What? Really? This is what he's calling nuts? <laughs> like, this is it?" And then I got it. Like, it's funny because the first couple laps, I'm like, "Yeah, this isn't nuts at all. This is kind of actually kind of boring." And then lap four or five <laughs> hit, and there was so much shit flying around on the screen. There was green shells everywhere, just going back and forth on the track. And then Bowser was throwing the big shell around, and it, it just got so nuts. And I was like, "Okay." Okay, I get it now. Like those last few laps are taxing. You're constantly running into things. It actually could be a little bit annoying, but it is fun though. Like the chaos is fun. Yeah, that's like that's it's very it's extremely simplistic, but that's the beauty of it. Like once it gets further along into the race, like it just gets more and more chaotic to the point like even if you're in first, you're constantly getting hit with stuff. Like yeah. you're like wondering, like, am I actually gonna win this? <laughs> Even if you're like a few inches away from the finish line. <laughs> yeah, but uh, back on track though. I mean, like, okay, so we're we're talking a bit about the control earlier on and how it's it feels tighter. It feels a little bit more like they put a little more work into it. I really like that, and I would agree. Uh, let's actually talk a bit about Diddy Kong Racing now on, on comparison to that, because we are speaking of control. There are a few things I wanted to talk about in that realm. Um, and one of them is that when you talk about control with this game, there's a lot to learn because you have three vehicle types in this game. So for anyone who hasn't played it, you've got your standard cart, you've got an airplane, and you've got a hovercraft. And they all control very, very differently. So I would say the carts in this game control similar to what Mario 64 felt like, but I would say almost a little bit more tightened up. Uh, but the drift yeah. feels very similar to me from what 64 did. Um, but then you hop into like a hovercraft and it's like your turning radius is just all of a sudden so, so much looser. Like you can make these sharp, sharp turns, but you're kind of float all over the uh, ground too, right? Because you're 
well, you're basically in an, in an inflatable raft with a giant fan strapped on the back of it. So there's a lot of variety there. And it, I found it took more to learn, but I actually enjoyed that there was a bit of a challenge there. Where with Mario Kart, I felt like it wasn't, it felt like home, like it felt familiar, right? It felt like a lot of the other Mario Karts pretty quickly, which is like not a bad thing. But Diddy Kong was more of a learning curve. And I actually enjoyed learning how each vehicle piloted. Yeah, I feel like the different vehicles kind of act like difficulty settings. Like if you play the core, if you play the course like on the hovercraft, that feels like the hardest vehicle to to manage. Like especially if you do like the boss fights. Like there's one boss fight you have to do just the hovercraft, and like it could feel oh, like you're squid motherfucker. Oh yeah. god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he shits those. Uh, he shits out these spiky metal bombs behind him, and yeah. it, like if. You can get the hang of the hovercraft, it's fine, but if you were like me and, you know, you hadn't played this game in, God, I don't know, 20 years, <laughs> it's like, okay, this is, this is tough, right? Like, um, using the airplane is, like, a little challenging, especially when you're trying to, like, maneuver it into, like, a tunnel or so. Yeah. But that feels like the most fun to me. Like, if you ever played, like, Pilot Wings 64, yeah. like, it's kind of got that kind of realistic way of handling a vehicle which i like yeah totally and they do the whole inverted control stick which would be expected on a on a flight you know based vehicle so it feels right you know Mm -hmm. pull back to go up and stuff and i even liked that they even added little details with the uh, plane mechanics where you actually do have to get a little bit of a running start before you can take off so uh, yeah it's kind of slow at first yeah yeah so it really encourages you to you know be careful where you're flying and stay in the air and you know not hit any hit anything on the tracks if you do that you're going to float back down to the ground and have to get a running start again which shaves off a couple seconds right to get going mm-hmm. and every vehicle pilots very differently i really really liked um the way that the like in my mind if i had to rank these i would agree with you and say the plane was probably my favorite and then i'd put the cart mm-hmm. underneath it and then the hovercraft last just because it is a little <laughs> that thing's like uh, sometimes i like it because you know, you, you, on the water levels and stuff, it feels a little better. I think that's what it was intended for. But, like, mm-hmm. anything outside of that, it just seems a little too floaty and it's hard to move around. I actually have a story about that uh, when we got <laughs> this game for Christmas. It, we, it was our first time getting an N64. And uh, this was probably the first time I ever rage quit anything because that fucking hovercraft, my my parents popped in Diddy Kong Racing. First time using the console, I got this brand new shiny red edition of the N64 controller. You remember the, the one, I'm sure? Oh, yeah. And my brother yeah. had, you know, he had the one with the pack in. So I've got like the, what we would call the nicer controller just because it was colored. It didn't really make much of a difference. It's a piece of plastic after all. <laughs> yeah, after all. But we started playing Diddy Kong Racing, and I don't know whose idea it was to do the island tropical level, but of course that's hovercrafts, right? So my brother was just kicking my ass because I couldn't control it. I was, I just didn't have the motor coordination to do that at that age, and I, I whipped that fucking controller way across the room. <laughs> I was that's in funny. big, big trouble. Speaking of that, like, I do feel like with the hovercraft, you have to be like a master at handling those controls. Like, it has so little room for mistakes like if you bump into a wall just like once like it's kind of just game over at that point yeah i agree like overall diddy kong feels a lot less forgiving in compared to mario kart i found like you need to be careful you hit something and that goes for all vehicles there is going to be a period where you need to get back on track and that does take time and unfortunately in this game the ai is tuned at least the characters that take the first 
you know, I'd say four spots, three to yeah, three to four, you know, first place spots. They're pretty well tuned that they're going to be in the lead and on your butt unless you're performing really, really well, in which case you can get ahead. They kind of use the old school um, Super Mario Kart system where you have to pick up bananas on the track to increase your top speed as you're driving. So if you're not doing that, these races can be incredibly difficult. And it took me a little while to figure that out that, oh, okay, I need to like prioritize my first lap of getting as many bananas as possible so I can get a better lead. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot more going on. Whereas with Mario Kart, you can kind of pop it in and you don't really need to know these things about the game. You can kind of just, you can be fairly new to it and still have a good time, you know? It is easy to pick up and play, but like, I think it'd be great to see someone like master the controls. Like... One example, like when you pick the characters, right? Like you kind of, the algorithm of the selection, if you have like Bowser or Donkey Kong paired up, you get like the big heavy car. Or if you have Baby Mario and Lu- and Baby Luigi, like you get like the, um, the tiny stroller. I wish like you you can be able to choose your cart freely. Yeah, it does limit you a little bit because they've tied the stats that you get to the character selection and not the carts is essentially what you're saying, right? Um, If you could just pick any character and it didn't affect the stats and pick any pairing you wanted and then just decide on the cart based on that, that would fix that problem. But I think it would take away from their gimmick a little bit about being strategic, which is also a shame though, right? Because like maybe you, maybe you play better with a team that has higher acceleration, but you really like Bowser and Donkey Kong. Well, then you can't use them, right? Because those are top speed heavy characters. So yeah, it does put some barriers up. I would agree with what you're saying there. Because the whole thing around Double Dash 2 is just like, it is, I almost feel like it's it's more designed to be a multiplayer game than it is a single player game. And I mean, that makes sense, right? You've got two guys on a cart and it's really cool because it's the first time we've actually seen that where you can have 16 characters on a track you've pretty much got just about the whole roster of characters in the game on the track at once, which is really, really cool to see. It makes it feel a lot more alive than other Mario Karts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a huge, just a huge brawl going on on the track. And you, you, I really like that, but I feel like if you're playing it alone, you just don't get the full benefit. One thing I found with this game, you could play through this whole game in a matter of hours and kind of be done with it, depending on your skill level. And there's not really a whole lot of replayability, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because i find with double dash it's like the kind of game that you can just pop on for a bit play a couple rounds and be intensely satisfied it's like all of this fun and entertainment just distilled into like a very small timely package but you can also kind of overdo it right like you can play too much double dash and kind of burn yourself out on it because it doesn't really change so much Um, whereas with diddy kong the content structure of the game is a lot different like they've not only given you standard race modes but then there's a whole adventure mode for the single player right so i feel like if you're a single player diddy kong's uh, actually a better choice because there's more for the single player in this game where you have the hub world that you can go from area to area and try out different tracks you can do challenges there's the silver coin challenges so like after you beat a level you can go back and basically your goal is to place first while collecting silver coins on the track and there's like championship races after you've beat everything like there's so much extra content packed in there that i feel like you can't really beat diddy kong racing in a handful of hours you know unless maybe you're speed running it or something right mm-hmm. so i feel like between the two the content offering for me personally was actually better on diddy kong than it was double dash yeah i gotta agree with that like 
This was the first Mario Kart to have, like, unlockable content. Like, you can unlock new course modes, and you can unlock, like, four new characters to choose from, like Toad, Toadette, Petey Piranha, and King Boo. But, yeah, it doesn't match, in my opinion, as well, like, compared to, like, the replayability of Diddy Kong. Yeah, they really packed a lot into that little cartridge, too, which is amazing. Like, for an N64 game, they were incredibly ambitious with Diddy Kong, and I was really impressed by it. If I had friends over, no question, I'd be popping in Double Dash between these two. Like, you want to experience that with a friend and have someone either, you know, teaming up on your cart and throwing the items around or racing against you or whatever it is. It's just, I would, any day of the week, like, even the battle mode in Double Dash is going to be better than Diddy Kong's hands down. I just feel like the item selection of Mario has always been, Mario Kart has always been a strength of those games, where I was wasn't as happy with the item selection in Diddy Kong. However, I, I mean, they couldn't just straight up copy what Mario did, but I guess in a lot of ways they do have similar items. Like you've got the missiles that act as green shells and the homing missile type, which is more of a red yeah. shell. You got boosts, you know, you got that stuff there um, with a few tweaks and stuff, you know, like the magnet or the shield, which you wouldn't really see in Mario Kart. What did you think of the roster between the two? Oh, that's a really good question. There are a few characters on... Diddy Kong that really stand out that it's oh, yeah. <laughs> like a joy to be able to play as Banjo or even Conquer, even though it's like a G-rated it's version like, of Conquer before they like... It's like pre-Bad Fur Day, which is interesting, right? Before you yeah. became an adult or something. <laughs> yeah, pre-pubescent Conquer. Like even the like the <laughs> the parents who bought this for their kids <laughs> had no idea the gateway they they just opened. I guess what I've I've looked in my research going into this, like when this game came out, like both games were in development. Like Banjo, the first Banjo Kazooie, like came out like the following year or so, right? And like Conquer was still kind of going through phases. Like there was the game, the Game Boy Color game that came out. Like that was still kind of in the tone of like the innocent, happy-go-lucky Conquer before they went to like the South Park route. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can tell like the the if you just eliminate those iconic characters, it is kind of like yeah, they are fine characters. They don't really like stand out in my opinion. Like no, yeah, a lot of them are forgettable. I'd say like more than half the roster is forgettable. Um, and yeah, we, it's, it's like funny the, we didn't even mention Diddy Kong, which is like the main <laughs> character, but you know he's in there. It's, he's in Double Dash, too. I was, I was like, what? Yeah. Wait, just, what? Because <laughs> we didn't just, plan that either. That was just like, <laughs> that surprised me. I booted up the game, and there he is. I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Weird. Well, um, the thing was, um, with Diddy Kong, it originally was um, supposed to be like a, a successor to, remember RC Pro-Am for the NES? Oh, yeah. Um, so this was going to be Pro-Am 64, like the 3D version of that game. But as like um, development continued, they wanted like a more stronger IP in terms of marketing. And Rare had created Diddy Kong for Donkey Kong Country, so it felt necessary to them like to have their own IP. Like rather, yeah. they thought about calling this Donkey Kong Racing, but like even they were encouraged by Nintendo to use their own created character Diddy Kong as like the flagship character for this. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a weird choice because you wouldn't think diddy kong would be like did anybody care about diddy kong back then like i can't <laughs> not really like he was a sidekick but he gets his own game and it turns out to be a pretty good game like all things considered yeah but obviously back to your main question there just about which one do i prefer it's without a without question it's the mario kart roster just because those are all iconic mario kart characters and 
like anybody you'd want to play just about is in that game um all the main ones even got waluigi for which makes a lot of people happy so (laughs) it's it's a better roster for sure the mario kart roster like they know they assume you know who these guys are but like you can sell with rare like they're just kind of making up as they go so they had to really amp it up with the presentation like rare definitely you can tell like they kind of probably struggled they're like okay well what, what the fuck do we do like you, <laughs> you can tell they kind of just they just kind of like pick random animals like you, yeah. there's even an unlockable character in this game there's a rooster i forget oh, I his name i forgot about yeah. that you're totally right yeah there's there's the clock tip top um there's all obviously the bosses like yeah. the whiz pig guy everyone remembers him yeah there's an unlockable character Oh shit! That wasn't just a, like a Game Shark thing. Yeah, you, you can actually unlock them in the game. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I think you need a Game Shark for um, like there's rumors like you can play as the clock, but I'm not hundred percent. And there's like the um, there's the elephant that's a bit insensitive by today's standards. <laughs> we'll get to that in audio. How about that? Put it off as long <laughs> as possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still figuring out how to address that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> oh boy. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I think uh we we have been in gameplay for quite a while. I know it's our first episode, so I'm giving us some leeway, but I just want to fire off a few quick things about Mario Kart cuz I feel like we've been on Diddy Kong for a while, and then we'll go to uh get our round scores and deal some damage. It's about time. This has been quite the sparring session. So, a couple things that I just noted in my gameplay session that I liked is the addition of double item boxes. That was really cool on Mario Kart. You know, considering you got the two guys on the track to be able to pick up a double box and then you instantly have two items was awesome. Uh, What I didn't like, though, is that the item use button is mapped to um, the Y. Is it the Y button and the X button, I believe? Which is super weird because you are, if you know the GameCube controller, you're holding down that A button and you actually have to kind of like slide your finger off or inch it over to hit the item instead of having it maybe on a trigger. And I mean, they had the extra trigger, like you can drift with either trigger. So I don't know why they mapped it that way, which is weird for me. But um, yeah, aside from that, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about was uh, just some of the track variety. I really like that, you know, it's a huge step up from Mario Kart 64, the previous game. Yeah, I really like how like inspired they feel. Uh, around this time, Mario Sunshine was out. So there's like the Isle Delfino level. Um, I really like the, the Donkey Kong one. Like it doesn't feel like anything from his Pacific games, like like the volcano and whatnot. Yeah. So it feels, the tracks very feel, like, original and unique. Like, going back, like, the Donkey Kong one, like, you go up that volcano and you're shot through the cannon and whatnot, yeah, you gotta go back down. I believe so. that's the first time they introduced that. That's pretty standard in Mario Kart games now. Like, I I was playing Mario Kart 8, and it feels like most of the tracks have that, you know, that where you get shot out of a cannon or you, you know, go up a ramp and it sends you in your glider and it's, like, a huge gap that you're clearing. I, I believe this was the first instance of that that I've seen anyway in a Mario Kart game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I feel like Mario Kart 8 now just feels like the original vision for Double Dash, like, just perfected, you know? Yeah, but why don't they bring back the actual, you know, Double Kart mode? Like, that it, that has never been done again, right? I'm right to assume that? Um, but Yeah, that was, like, the only game they really did that, because, like, I looked up, this was inspired by, like, those motorcycles with the sidecar, Right. That's what gave him the idea for like the tag team kind of kart racing. But everyone seems to assume since like 
everything on the GameCube didn't do as well. So like Nintendo assumes, oh, no one cares about the GameCube, like Wind Waker or whatever, you know? Yeah. I just and thought so they you, were you... ripping off Road Rash Jailbreak. <laughs> 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 Nobody gets that reference. Because uh, <laughs> that game sucks. Yeah, no, but excellent track variety. I think we should move on. I don't want to be sticking on gameplay for too long. I might have to edit some of this down <laughs> to make it a bit shorter. <laughs> That's okay. I probably blabbed a lot. But uh, yeah, great stages overall, Mario Kart. Uh, compared to Diddy Kong, I prefer the stages in Mario Kart. However, I will say... I actually had a, I didn't mention this, but I had a level glitch in Diddy Kong where I actually got stuck on the geometry, which was so annoying because I was in first and then I just suddenly couldn't move. Um, That's weird. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like I was, usually what'll happen is if you skim the edge of the wall, you get too close, you might slow down a little bit, but it doesn't bring you to a dead stop. I, my head got stuck in a cave wall and I couldn't move for a few seconds oh, wow. so i can see that happening. it's a little jankier on the diddy kong side but i think that's to be expected because it's an older game too um and they didn't yeah. it was a little harder to work on the n64s a lot of jaggedness and stuff but yeah i think we should get to our ratings like i said we could talk forever on gameplay if you're ready to go sure All right, man, let's wrap up this round and how we do this since this is our first time moving into the second phase God, we should have been in the second phase a long time ago. Uh, The second phase is the combat sequence. We will now determine the attack power for each game in a category of gameplay. And how we do that is each of us has completed a rating sheet for both games prior to this fight. Now, each round category appearing in the fight tonight is going to receive its own unique score between zero and five. Now, remember that both games are rated using a universal sliding scale where the score given to one game will directly affect the other one and it will affect the score the other game actually gets. So there's really no way to say I'm right down the middle. It's one or the other. Now, it is the job of us, the commentators, to make the tough call as to which game hit harder this round and how much damage was dealt. Each panel member must pick their favorite. There are no compromises, like I said. So for the category of gameplay... Mike, why don't you do the honors? How did you rate these games on the sliding scale? I would give Diddy Kong a four. Like, I would kind of give the lead to Diddy Kong. Really? Just for, like, how... Like, especially given how, when it came out, and compared to, like, its competition, it's just so ambitious. And it inspired other kart racers afterwards, you know? Like, compared to, like... Mario Kart Double Dash, like, it feels very, like, isolated in its own world, you know? And, like, I I feel like it only inspires, like, further entries in Mario Kart. Like, it doesn't really inspire other kart racers after that. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. And I feel the same way about Mario Kart Double Dash, where it is kind It is on its own island. It is a weird little game, (laughs) but it is fun. There's nothing wrong with this game. It is a fun time. It's just maybe not the mario card game you'd want to play if you had a choice between all of them it might not be your first pick not to say it's bad though so just for reference mike is giving diddy kong racing a four and because we only have five points to allocate between the two games that means mario kart double dash will receive one point the remaining out of the five so mike that's your rating i will now talk a bit about what i thought and uh, how i would rate this game basically between the two I agree with you in a lot of ways. I didn't really consider the point that this Diddy Kong Racing did inspire a lot of games after it, even if I guess you could say it ripped off Mario Kart 64 in a lot of ways. It did did also add a lot of things that uh, hadn't been done, right? 
Um, so yeah. it's definitely an influencer. Um, but between the two, I think the main thing for me that made me rate the way I did here, I actually enjoyed the content offering on Diddy Kong Racing more than I did Double Dash, which is why I decided to give Diddy Kong Racing three points and the remaining two to Mario Kart Double Dash. So I also favored Diddy Kong in gameplay. I just felt like if there's something... If you had a, let's say you only had enough money as a kid or whatever, you know, you're mowing lawns and you're just saving up to buy a new game and you can only afford one, you want to get your money's worth. You want to make sure that this game is going to last you for the next however long you're playing it. And that game for me is Diddy Kong, 100%. Like I said, you've got the story mode, which on its own is incredible. Like, not only is this a multiplayer game you can play with friends, but you've got that story mode with a hub world. You can go around to the different areas. Like I said, it's very alive. It engages you. And it's not as simple as just, hey, I finished all the races in this circuit. There's nothing else to do. It's like you finish those races, but then they tack on new challenges. So you go back and it's almost like there's a new game plus worked into it. It's really addicting i found myself coming back to it to do more challenges and it was kind of hard to put down so i i was really influenced by the gameplay on this one and i i think that's where i stand between the two mario part mario kart sorry may have controlled better out of the gate um it may have had that satisfying mario kart gameplay loop that you expect but i found diddy kong really grew on me in gameplay too just to mention that because you had all these different vehicles to master so, like, you never really got bored. Like, when you think you figured out the game, there was always more to do. Yeah, I felt like it was more engaging. Like, I remember my, like, initial feelings compared to both games. Like, when playing Double Dash, I feel like just even, like, a half-hour session, like, I, I had my fill, you know? But, like, when I play Diddy Kong, I feel like it's almost like playing, like, an action-adventure RPG. Like, you kind of keep coming back for more and like you want to perfect your skill and like find all the secret stuff and even if you just want to shoot the breeze and drive around the open world the hub world and the the adventure mode you know yeah you know what it is it's like mario kart double dash and because it's it's show it's it's showing its age a little bit now it was in its prime at one point it's kind of like if you you know you you went to a chuck e cheese and god i don't know why you're hanging out at a chuck e cheese if you're an adult and you don't have kids, please don't, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> and you, you go to the Chuck E. Cheese and, you know, there's this mature woman there with her kids. And, you know, maybe she's a little bit past her prime now, but I don't know, maybe you are too. You're not so great. But, you know, a little, little small talk about the ball pit or the whack-a-mole and <laughs> you find out she's divorced, you know, and... You mentioned how you don't normally hang out at Chuck E. Cheese's. It's just like every second weekend. And, uh, you know, maybe you end up going home together. <laughs> you know, maybe have some Ritz Bits sandwiches. <laughs> you, you do your thing, and then uh, you guys never talk again after that. But you had fun. It was exciting in the moment, you know. You explored some things. You explored all there was, all there was to do. And you had everything in the experience that you could. Diddy Kong Racing is more like the long-term relationship, you know? <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing. I, I would agree. <laughs> maybe you met Diddy Kong Racing at the grocery store in, like, the, you know, I don't know, the fucking potato aisle or something. And you weren't really sure at first if, if uh, Diddy Kong Racing was going to be a keeper, but after a couple weeks, you just couldn't stop thinking about it, you know? Is that a good analogy? <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> I, I, would, I would agree with that completely. <laughs> 
I don't think I would relate to it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you don't go to Chuck E. Cheese enough, my friend. Moving on to phase I... three. <laughs> this is the round final score. So now we're going to find out where we're at in the fight currently. And how we do that is we take the scores that were given to each game, and that will determine the damage given to each in the fight so far. So combining the scores in the red corner for Mario Kart Double Dash, that's a total of, between Mike and I, three points of damage. Contact hit. And on the other side in the blue corner, eight. Eight points. Not too bad between the three. Or did you rate five or four? I have this wrong, don't I? Sorry. Uh, I did four. For, I had four for Diddy Kong. I can do math. It's seven. It's seven. <laughs> Blue corner, seven damage dealt. That's the end of round number one. Red corner, Mario Kart Double Dash, current HP remaining, 13. Diddy Kong racing in the blue corner, now down to 17 HP. Moving into round two. Round two, fight. Here we go, let's do it. Round two, we're gonna be talking about visual design. That's all things art style, animation, uh, the design of the levels and the layouts, um, the way they're presented to you as the player, visual effects, and also kind of the color palette and how that's presented and laid out. So visual design, I wanna say right out of the gate with Mario Kart Double Dash, that was the first game I popped in. I forgot 480p was a thing. <laughs> Man, it's blurry. Like, stuff off in the distance. At first, I thought, like, they were using, like, uh, like, I thought it was an effect, like a blur effect or something. They were trying to do, like, a like depth of focus thing. No, that's just, that's just the way these games used to look. It can be a little hard going back to games when they look like this. And again, like, I can't fault the game for that. It's more of a hardware limitation of the time. But that definitely stuck out for me. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, I remember Double Dash back when it came out. Like, it looked really good like presentation and whatnot hmm. like going back it has aged a bit you notice it like especially like in the finer details like of the character models and what you've mentioned the draw distance like it's not as bad as like playstation one with the fog and all the even like diddy kong like it it has a great draw distance in that yeah, game but i didn't even think about that I mean, it's at it's at the sacrifice of frame rate because I don't know if you noticed, but that runs at like 15 frames a second. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, like. But you're right. You do get the draw distance. There's no fog, and it it looks really good. Yeah, because I know the with the GameCube, like that's why you see a lot of games in that time and on that console specifically, like use like a cell shaded uh, art style because that was the only real presentable art style they could use that made the games look good because yeah. even the gamecube was just limited in a lot of ways like it's like people like when wind waker first came out like they hated it at first because like how cartoony and cell shaded looked but like that's what the best thing they could have used at the time and they kind of like took it to their advantage yeah you know what it's funny too because like double dash coming out on the gamecube you have to remember this was a time the sixth generation where realism was starting to become more of the hot thing like we were starting to figure out how to make graphics better and better and people really wanted to see realistic gritty graphics like we weren't quite in that weird brown era of like the 360 generation and the gears of war and stuff but like it was still starting to get more and more like that's why people were like you said upset when uh, uh wind waker came out because it was oh at the time everyone thought this is too cartoony like and somehow that makes the game bad but mm -hmm. like how do you get that realistic looking 
graphical style when you're working on limited hardware of the time too like that's the other thing i i think they did a great job with double dash though um you know they sacrificed texture for things like draw distance and smoothness and and you know i think it was a good compromise i feel like with diddy kong racing it does kind of have a similar art style like the n64 has a big problem with trying to like most games kind of have this kind of like washed out color palette or like they don't really know like how to utilize the 3d space correctly you know like they kind of just like winging it you know just taking it and go with somewhere you know yeah but i do feel like with diddy kong they they made the best of what they could do like kind of like the kid friendly like cartoon saturday morning cartoon show kind of vibe from it you know yeah oh it definitely definitely has that it's a very colorful game i love that about it i love that driving around on the island um you know that they give you the the hub world there between races is incredibly satisfying i actually liked just exploring that even though it's not particularly huge by today's standards it was charming like i don't know if you notice but you go to different areas you're gonna notice when you go into the snow area and everything's snow capped but like i guess what i'm getting at is it felt different, right? Like it felt like you traversed a further distance than you actually did just by going to these different areas. Like it, it, you know, that space, again, it's not very big. It's really not that, that big of a hub world, but by doing different styles, by having like a tropical beach area with waves rolling in and they actually had very decent uh, animation on the water, which was nice to see in an N64 game. I don't know if you noticed that, but the way the waves work, mm-hmm. yep. um, like you go down to the beach and it suddenly feels like you're, you've traveled this long distance to go down to the coast and you're driving around in the sand and the, and the sand is shooting out of your tires behind you. It's just really charming. I could go on and on about that, but I just really, really like the way they did that. Yeah, well, the, the hub world, world kind of encourages you to explore. You can find, like, little secrets, like, extra balloons, like, in little corners of the world. And so, but I do agree with you on, like, how they made the most of that small space where it feels big. You know, it doesn't feel, like, wasted. Where, like, like when people talk about, like, Ocarina of Time, like, as a kid, like, when you're walking around, running around Hyrule Field, like, it feels huge, like, at the time. Yeah. And, like, but... It, the unfortunate thing with that game, as you get older and play like bigger games or even like Breath of the Wild, like you you literally outgrow that game, you know. Man, it's you mentioned Breath of the Wild and that actually popped into my head thinking about this game, believe it or not, because that's really? I think that's exactly what I wanted to kind of articulate is that open world area. It has that Breath of the Wild thing going on where like you can look across the certain areas and the map on breath of the wild and you can actually see where like the snow starts and the desert begins or begins right and they separate into two different land masses and it kind of just indicates that okay you're in a different area now there's going to be a different uh sets of conditions on you different gameplay expectations like things are going to change in this new area and that kind of goes for this game too right because when you go from say the main hub area which is kind of like waterfalls and grass and stuff um you go from there and then you're going to travel to, say, the the beach. Well, you need a hovercraft to get to that island across the way, right? So it's kind of neat that they did that same thing. It's like when you go into a new area, not only do you visually see, hey, this is a new area, but new things are to come. And it's kind of an indication that there's, it's like a preview of what you're going to see in the actual races. You know what I mean? So it's it's really quite cool. They kind of teach you in the hub world what to expect in a way. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it encourages, like, breath um, exploration. Like, if you want to, like, find the other tracks, you literally have to go out and search for them. Like, they, they don't just, like, hand it to you, you know? 
Yeah, it was really cool. Like for again, for an N64 game, that was really thoughtful. And I can't really think of any kart racers that have an open world aspect to them. But this one, this one did it and it did it very well. Back to Mario Kart Double Dash. It's more basic in terms of its presentation. It's what you expect, you know, pretty standard menu select screen, pick how many characters or how many players, um, what mode you want to do, you know, standard Mario Kart stuff. It's all very just UI based, right? Then you go into your race and, and you're good. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. The UI was easy to understand. It, you know, I it's pretty simplistic. There's not a lot of options there, but it, I think what where this game more shines in the visual design is obviously once you get racing, right? There's a lot of cool animations going on. Like every character seems to have their own unique set of, you know, emotes, if you will, and things they'll do and they knock someone else, you know, off or you hit someone with a shell or whatever, right? So it's really cool. One animation that stuck out for me and I really liked was when you get pegged by a shell and the guy in the back of your cart's hanging on and his feet are dragging on the oh, road. He's about to fall off, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember that. I really, really like that. It was a really cool uh, little flourish they threw in there. Double Dash kind of has this kind of arcade kind of presentation, you know, like, especially when you have like weapons set up, like the very like blinking, big, colorful lights that go off and like it's very like feel good cheerful like obviously there is like an actual arcade port of mario kart and this this wouldn't be too far off if you went into like an arcade or a dave and busters and found this there you know yeah totally it's very jump in and play it's designed that way that you know you have a couple friends over you want to have a couple rounds of mario kart well you don't have to think too hard about it like imagine how much it would suck if you had to if it was a requirement to get to multiplayer matches that you had to navigate like an open world or something like that would <laughs> that would be such a bummer and that would just suck the energy out. So I think, you know, it's easy to disregard Mario Kart's UI and say, well, it's not very inventive, but it's it's practical. Right. And it works well for this game. I, I really like in Mario Kart uh, specifically, if we're going to talk about like the visual design of it, I just I really like that. Even though, and we talked about this earlier, but even though the textures aren't really high res in most cases, or they're not really detailed, it looks right, you know? It looks exactly like it should look. Like, if this game had a bunch of high res textures and, like, the frame rate had to drop a bunch, I think it would be a much poorer experience, you know what I mean? The simplicity actually lends to it. Yeah, I think that's definitely the focus here. Like, they want to nail down, like, how the racing works, you know? Like... If they assume, like, people aren't going to focus on Mario's face, and, like, if you actually stare into it, like, man, this, it looks off a bit. (laughs) If you stare into his face. Stare into his eyes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you but if you yeah, stare like, into his eyes for too long, you'll uh, wake up in another dimension, and your body in this realm <laughs> will be <laughs> replaced with a clone of yourself. <laughs> Don't look but, into but his yeah, eyes. Like, but yeah, in like the moment of like racing, I feel like it nails it over Diddy Kong, you know, because like Diddy Kong kind of has this kind of like, like at the pace it goes, it never really feels like you're going fast, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think you feel it at most like in the air, like in the airplane segments, but it always feels like you're going at a steady pace, you know, like it never, you never get the sense of like Sonic the Hedgehog kind of acceleration, you know? Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, maybe you get that when you hit a boost power up, but aside from that, yeah, it does feel a little bit more 
uh, yeah, it's a little slower, but I think I almost wonder if they did that because they knew they couldn't get the steady 30 frames or whatever. Like, yeah, my guess is probably like an N64 limitation, you know? Yeah, it's got to be because you think about it, if you were going faster, moving faster than that with the frames per second they had on screen, it would feel a lot harder to control, right? Because like I said earlier, especially on, I don't know if you noticed, but there's one level... I can't remember the name on Diddy Kong, but it's a waterfall type level and there's logs floating in the... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that one chugs pretty hard because there's a lot of particle effects from the splashing of the water. And then they got these logs that'll rotate when you hit them. And yeah, that one I noticed was like, woo, this is kind of tough to play. Like it's slowing down a lot, but that's just kind of a limitation at the time, right? Yeah. I don't know why this stood out to me, but I, this is something I've always noticed as even as a kid is just like and I'm, I'm sure everybody notices this it's not like some big revelation but like there's a smiley face <laughs> there's, a, there's a fucking smiley face on the back of the go-kart did you notice that you must have noticed uh, Diddy that Kong? yeah 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 I they have that, eyebrows yeah. man like there's with, um... eyebrows above your taillights if those aren't eyebrows then like that there's no way that could have been a mistake <laughs> they did that on purpose right That's they funny. look like little smiley faces that are actually with the way the eyebrows are kind of Eyebrows are kind of angled. They're almost a little disgruntled looking. <laughs> like they don't um, like being ridden or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm reading too much into this. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, especially if you're like a little kid playing this, like you definitely would gravitate. You know, like kids, how they kind of draw into like very bright colors. Like, because when Diddy Kong came out, like I was like five years old and I just like fell in love with like just the visual presentation alone because like it's just so bright and beautiful and like these kind of cartoon characters and i i just ate all that up you know if i had to like say this is how i feel this is how i define the visual of mario kart double dash and this is how i define diddy kong i'd say double dash i would define it as it's like comfort food for nintendo fans like there's really not any other way you can put it because that's what it is you've got everything exact looking exactly like you'd expected to they didn't do anything extreme like you know change the characters you see what you expect to see the tracks are cartoony and fun and it just feels good because it's nintendo doing its thing with diddy kong i feel like this is kind of like playing a saturday morning cartoon or something you know like i sh i sent this to you uh before we recorded a couple days back but that japanese version of the ad for this game they had a hand-drawn animated art style in the trailer for yep. it and like if that was a saturday morning cartoon right there that that just like was such a missed opportunity i, I wish they would have did more with that like <laughs> But the game, like, lends itself to that, right? It's fun. The, the music, which we're going to get into in the next round, is it lends itself to that. So, yeah, I, I definitely think either way you go, you're going to get a great cartoon racer, you know, and it's going to be fun. There's really no loser here, I don't feel like. It's kind of like an yeah, acid trip, the more and more I think of it, actually, Diddy Kong Racing. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. It's just these random kind of characters. Kind of, I feel like that's always the case with, like... Um, kart racers and like fighting games you always get these random bunch of characters just put together just for the sake of competing against each other like street fighter 2 or whatever well i think we've pretty much summed up all we want to talk about for visual design let's uh let's close off this round we're gonna head in again to the second phase to find out who's doing damage where let's find out what we rated these games in the category of visual design For this one, I was on the fence, honestly, and against what we talked about. They're both very cartoony, kind of what you would expect from a kart racer, and they're done well. But only one could be picked. 
And I just went with tradition on this one and stuck with Double Dash, giving it a three and the remaining two points to Diddy Kong Racing. What tipped the scales for me, honestly, was just the iconic characters all being there in one game and looking great, animated great, have lots of personality. Overall, I was just very happy with the presentation. And I will say Diddy Kong Racing... It kind of doesn't have that iconic feel, um, even though it does look great uh, for an N64 game. I'm not knocking it in any way. Like you even mentioned the draw distance, which is, which is something I wasn't even thinking about, which is a good thing. Like if a game can do that, make you forget that that's a problem for, you know, <laughs> N64 games like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I went with. Uh, Mike, what, uh, what were your thoughts on visual design? I would give the nod to Double Dash as well, like with a score of three. I think with this one, like, compared to the previous uh, Mario Karts, like, they really nailed it with, like, presentation with the tracks, you know? Because, like, it's the same batch of characters. But, like, here you can tell, like, they have more freedom to, like, design tracks and even, like I've mentioned before, based on actual tracks. But, like, you see stuff like DK's track, like the Bowser Castle, Baby Park. It all feels so fresh and alive, you know? Like, it, it doesn't feel like a reskin or, like, just recycled from like other mario games or donkey kong games you think of double dash you think of these tracks you know with uh diddy kong though i think they made the most of what they could do like it is really hard to like establish a new ip right off the bat but like i do think like the world building in diddy kong kind of outshines his characters and like it makes it has this warm feel to it like it makes you want to come back and explore even more yeah, it definitely does. I There's really no loser here in my mind, even though I had to pick one. Yeah, and that pretty much wraps up this round, so let's move on forward. we got a few more to go still. We are going to determine real quickly before we move out of round two what the attack power was. So with Mike coming in uh, with a three on Mario Kart Double Dash and a three for me as well, that adds another six points to the red corner for Mario Kart Double Dash. Uh, that adds a total of four points to Diddy Kong Racing for the blue corner. Yeah, tough call on that one, like I said, but uh, I, th yeah. I think we made the right choice. Contact hit. And uh, people would probably be raving, honestly, if we picked Diddy Kong <laughs> Racing over Mario Kart <laughs> in that category. Oh, man. Wait, yeah. wait till we get the audio. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had trouble with audio. We'll get uh, there. <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's coming back. It's coming. Oh, uh, boy. Well, that's the end of round two. HP update. We are currently looking at red corner, Mario Kart Double Dash, 9 HP remaining, and Diddy Kong Racing in the blue corner with 11. So it's a pretty close fight at this point. Let's check out round number three. Round three. Fight! Alright, welcome to round three. This round, we're talking about it. Audio. Yes. Good old audio. I... I'm excited about this one, and like I just said, I'm also a little dreading it because this was tricky uh, for reasons we'll get into. Let's jump right into it. Audio, we're talking things like music, voice acting, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sound effects, oh. contextual awareness, which we like to categorize as kind of does the sound and the things happening in the game lend to the overall experience? Like, does the sound tell you important information or is it used to relay little cues, I guess, to the player? And the last thing uh, in audio we talk about is kind of variety as well. So, like, how much audio variety is there? Do audio, does audio change depending on circumstances? Yada, yada, yada. And let's jump into it. 
Uh, two great games here. If I'm going to say right out of the gate, great sound design on both. Very lively, very upbeat. And holy shit, how about that skanking opening theme to Mario Kart Double Dash? Isn't that something? Yeah, I guess you pumped. Dude, like... that is, they put a ska song in a Mario Kart game and I didn't know about it. <laughs> That was that was such a surprise. I was like, when that came on, I was, had a huge shit-eating grin on my face, and I could not stop thinking about it. After I finished my first play session, I went upstairs to make some lunch, and I was just like humming that tune, and oh man, that's a good one. I, I, I love that theme. That's probably like one of my favorite Mario game themes out there, just for like these type of party games anyway. Like that, that really stood out. One element i really like is like you advance throughout the race like especially in uh, the final lap like the the tempo of the songs get more amped up and like you, they kind of put the pressure onto you like and force that anxiety to kind of like do your best you know like you notice it in like the baby park theme like it's kind of like that same kind of verse playing over and over and over again yeah and then by the final like two laps or so like it gets even more amped up and frant frantic you know or to the point like whoa it gets really crazy, like music. It, it does. As well. It does, and I, it it fits that level perfectly. That's the genius thing, because that is the most chaotic level in the game, as we talked about, with all the craziness happening on screen. And then you have this theme to match it, and it's just beautiful. Well done, right? They knew that was going to be a mm -hmm. crazy stage, and they design sound for it. Yeah, I love the, like you had said, every stage has its own music, and it, and it is what you expect from a Mario Kart game too. It's like this is that yeah. feeling that it took me back to playing the N64 version as a kid because it a lot of the themes actually kind of resemble some of the cues in there. I don't know if you noticed that, but like I noticed it with um, like the ice level. I can't remember the name of that one, but... Um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it kind of mimics the same soundtrack from the N64 game. And like, I like the cruise ship theme a lot. Yeah. Like it just has that. Yeah, this is a Mario Kart game and instantly you're just kind of sucked in and, and you just feel right at home hearing those sounds. Yeah, like, Nintendo has always been great at, like, composing excellent, like, music. Like, especially since, like, Miyamoto himself is a musician. And, like, you notice it with, like, uh, Mario and Zelda specifically. They want you to... They're excellent at making you feel a certain way. Like, with Mario, part of the charm is always his music. Like, even if, like, some levels may seem, like, one-dimensional to an extent, like, the music kind of just draws you and makes you feel really good you know in that moment yeah starting a new franchise like diddy kong racing versus continuing one in mario kart when you look at diddy kong racing's music i wouldn't say it's bad it's just that you don't have that backbone there because it's like they haven't been established i couldn't help but feel like diddy kong racing kind of was leaning on what mario kart was doing in previous games like they kind of it's almost like they kind of looked at okay well here's what a kart racing game sounds like let's just try to do that but i also don't want to knock it and say they were just ripping off because i don't feel like they were i felt like the tunes in diddy kong racing didn't always stand out on their own as much maybe and that's just my opinion like i didn't i wasn't humming them like i was the ska theme you know making a sandwich <laughs> or whatever like they just didn't stick the same for me however there were a few themes like the opening theme is pretty memorable on uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, it's very lively and upbeat and very well done. But I don't know, how did you feel about that? Yeah, like certain tracks and that soundtrack stick out for me. Like you said, like um, uh, the tune that plays when you're selecting your racer 
And um, yes, yes, I'm glad we're talking about this. Did you notice the little quirk in this character select screen? I'm sure you noticed. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, because there's the initial theme that plays, and like when you select on each character, they kind of have play their own little instrument. Like you pick banjo, his banjo yeah. starts playing, whatever. Um, it's so I cool. like that. Dude, and like, yeah, this... sorry, sorry, I just want to, I want to stop on this for no, one second. No, you can sit Because like, it, it's just, that is such a cool thing. Like, this is where I was going with that whole discussion about you're starting a new franchise and you want to make an impression. This is a great way to do that. This introduces you to these not really memorable characters in a great way <laughs> and makes them a little bit more memorable. And they needed that because like, I don't, I don't really feel anything for the characters when i see them and except again because i know banjo now and i know conquer and diddy of course but when you would scroll through and you're right like you'd go you'd be playing the theme you know the main diddy kong theme but then you change characters and the tempo remains the song picks up from where it is but it's a seamless transition the main instrument changes right that's what's cool about it like there's yeah. no stoppage it's 100 percent seamless and now you're hearing a banjo when you're on banjo and hovering over him and you're like oh well yeah i love the way this sounds like this might actually help someone determine who they want to play just from what they're hearing like i don't remember all the noises but i believe like if you go to the turtle uh he's more of like a mallet based instrument and then you've got like the punk rock alligator who's got like electric guitars and it's just such a cool idea mm -hmm. and the sound designer i got really got to give him props for that because like that was such a great way to tell a story without it just through the music it, it was really really amazing um yeah, I'm blown away by stuff. Like, I love little flourishes like that. I know it's not a huge deal for most people, but I just, yeah, really appreciate that they went that little extra mile. It's very well composed. Like, I really like the, um, the Hub World music that plays. Like, it's got, like, this relaxed feel to it. Because it has, like, the Hub World has this, like, sandbox kind of vibe going on. And, like, it has this kind of family-friendly kind of thing going where, like, it just encourages you, like, yeah, just do whatever you want, hang out, whatever, you know? Yeah, I just, I love the way too that, again, that whole contextual awareness part does transition to the open world too. When you go to the different zones, like you come out of the tropical island and you're in the mountains or the snow area that you hear like a Christmas bell type of, you know, instrument get added to the soundtrack and it's just layered seamlessly. And that is just, again, it, maybe the songs for me weren't as iconic, but I definitely noticed those things happening even if I'm not humming the tunes after, I really appreciate hearing those things, you know? Yeah. But yeah, man, audio, uh, music-wise, last thing I'd say about Diddy Kong is that it is very childlike and innocent. It puts a smile on your face. It does that very well. For sure. Um, yeah. Speaking of music, too, going back to Mario Kart for a second. God, I love it when you, you fail in a race. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. If you place, I think it's fifth and below, it's just like this sad whistling. <laughs> <laughs> like this, it's kind of very like insulting yeah. kind of tune It's, it's kind of yeah. like, well, motherfucker, time to move on. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't oh, place. So. Oh, God, I love it. It's just like the saddest thing ever. Um, yeah, you feel like, even in the character, how, like, the voice acting in that game, like, how their rejection feels, like, like, Charles Mountainay really does know how to uh, emphasize Mario's emotions so well. It's like, oh, yeah. no! <laughs> <laughs> when is that guy ever bad, though? Like, <laughs> Oh, his every, I can't 
think of a bad performance from that guy. Like, yeah, you know you're Mario. always getting an A-plus performance from him, like, no question. Yeah, it's always so cheerful and happy, and, like, it's perfect every time. You yeah, know? Oh, I get I get such a rush, too, whenever I knock out those fucking babies, because, you know, you knock them down, and they just start <laughs> whining, and they're so high-pitched. God, that's satisfying. Oh, Thank you, Nintendo. Man, I sound like a very bad guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think like attacking it's children. Not, like <laughs> they shouldn't be on the road anyway. You know, how oh, do they God. get a license? Um, Speaking of which, where's the safety restrictions on these carts? The guy in the back doesn't even yeah, get a seatbelt. No, like, he just gets a railing to hang. Yeah, he's just hanging. He's guy. He's hanging on for dear life. Um, since we're on voice acting, <laughs> should we like address like the actual elephant in the room with Diddy Kong? <laughs> oh boy, I see what you did there. Uh. <laughs> We knew it was going to come to this. Um, (laughs) Yes, let's address it. So Um, I guess say like I live in America and like, yeah, it's like it's very common to make for Americans to make fun of all the cultures. Like I'm not down with that, but like the 90s were a different time, like culturally how like Western media portrays other cultures. And like here it's kind of in that same route. Like with the elephant character. <laughs> well, like he has this very like iconic voice, but like it's so like it is very, 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 very uh not very tasteful. <laughs> it's just not Oh man. And I okay, look, we said earlier that yeah. It's like it's only it's only him too. That's the weird like... part. And I feel awkward talking about it because I'm sure that's a white guy doing that voice. Like it, I'm pretty sure that's a white guy. Uh, I could look like... at the credits, but like and I get it, it was a different time, okay, whatever, you can make that excuse, but it doesn't make it feel any better, especially today when you hear it, because they didn't need to do that, you know, like that, I don't feel like that added anything to the game personally, it's pretty insensitive, but again, this was the 90s, and I don't think people were really as well aware of how those things affected people, we didn't really have the internet as widespread as it is now, and I don't think you had the global voice kind of chiming in and saying like, hey, we're we're not really okay with these things, right? So yeah, it's problematic, because... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't even really know if I want to go and start, like, describing the voice or, like, what kind of accent it is or anything, oh, like, is man. that necessary? Like, I think if you played the game, you kind of know, like, right? So... I, yeah, it's like... It's the thing how I stand about it, like, as an actor, as myself, as a voice actor, like, I don't think that should stop people from doing, taking on roles like that, playing, like, different types of people, whether, like, from different cultures or whatnot, but I do think you should do it right and be respectful, like. Yes. And it's like, it is definitely viewed through the eyes of, like, an ignorant person. Yeah, I do feel like. This character obviously sticks out, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's a nice guy. The elephant, you know? Yeah, but I, it's like, he, he seems friendly. He's there to help you. That's cool. It's just maybe they could have rethought their casting on that or just Maybe, the like, change the accent a change bit. Change the accent, know? yeah. Um, but, hey. It's, it feels like... What's up? No, I was just going to say, but, hey, like, it's it's on there. It's on the cartridge. You ain't, ain't going to remove it now unless we've got <laughs> some talented modders who want to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm not definitely in support of any of these things, but I also don't want to take away from the art. And I think that's there's a lot of good things in this game. And just because it has this in it doesn't make it a bad game. And I don't think the people who made it no, were I don't think bad so. people. I think they are just very misguided, you know, in that decision. <laughs> I do think, like, it shouldn't take away anything from the 
experience and like it is a character in the game but, but like it's just there so. <laughs> i think for us though we just look past that and go okay well outside of that the game itself and like if we're just talking gameplay you know kart racing fun cartoony graphics good sound design in terms of the music and sound effects like yeah it's a fun experience there's nothing wrong with the game from those perspectives you know mm-hmm. but uh um i do really like um how they incorporate the TT character into the tracks. Like he would yell out lap two or lap three, yeah. final lap, just go for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of have like that kind of engaging aspect to it where like someone's cheering you on during the race. Yeah, exactly. He's watching everything you do at all times. <laughs> if you really want to think of it that way. Like he is the time guy, like for the time trials. So it makes sense if you think he's watching you right now. While you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Hey, uh, last thing on this whole elephant thing, and we're dropping it for good, but you, you know what it's like? What? You ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I have, yes. Okay. Not recently, though. <laughs> As a personal question, would you get offended if you... Like if this elephant talk like a Canadian, like a stereotypical <laughs> Canadian person, <laughs> like he just gave you maple syrup. I'll tell you what. Like the healthy car. No, dude, you made the perfect point. If you gave me maple syrup, fine, whatever. Because that, that's the only <laughs> thing we use for sweetener here, apparently. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but, yeah. Like, uh, I wouldn't be offended but i think respect is a good word you said like you want to be respectful like if you're gonna make fun of us at least put some motherfucking effort into it because always the same jokes uh, i've heard okay. them all come on hit me with something new you know beavers maple syrup oh my god <laughs> we say a boot uh, we say a and we have tim hortons like okay how i met your mother yeah the tim hortons thing was funny once <laughs> Come on, something new, people, something new. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really care if they if they did that. Okay. To be honest with you, it wouldn't go deep into my soul, and I wouldn't be thinking about it for too much. <laughs> I would probably just laugh it off because honestly, it's it's like you said, it's just a silly voice, right? But I understand that yeah, that yeah. has different connotations for different cultures and different people, and I can see how my perspective might not match someone else's, and I totally respect that. What this is really like, going back to my point, like Thanksgiving in the states is coming up. This is like going to your Thanksgiving and really excited to go and have a huge meal. You're going to have turkey, you're going to have gravy, mashed potatoes, you're having everything, man. And you're excited. And then you sit down at the table and Uncle Gus is across the table. <laughs> Let's say Uncle Gus is the type who likes to do accents and then he busts out an accent. <laughs> and, uh, it's a little uncomfortable, but you still love the guy because he's your family. You have to. Uh, I still love Diddy Kong Racing. It just has a racist uncle in it. Yeah. Hey, were we talking about um. video games at some point? I think it is in... Going back to the voice acting, I think it is impressive for like what the, how certain games push the envelope of what the N64 can do. Like, it always impressed me to hear like full fleshed out voice acting in N64 games. And this has plenty of it. Like, this game is great because like they have, each character has their own voice, you know, like when, especially when you select on, it's like, hi, I'm Diddy and shit like that. Yeah. It's not overdone. It fleshes out the personality better. And, it's like not every character needs to say a whole lot in the game, but it's nice to be able to like kind of 
have that personality and and they do the the thing that most kart racers do or someone will pass you and they'll say a catchphrase or like you know they'll hit you with something and you'll hear a taunt i think the sound design in diddy kong racing 2 sometimes tends to it like if you're just ahead of the pack you're pretty much just hearing the sound of your engine and the music for the most part you know like if it's when you're in the thick of the race and i guess this goes for mario kart 2 where that's where you kind of it feels like it feels like Mad Max Fury Road, you know, <laughs> like you're just like <laughs> rolling down and there's cars to the left and right of you throwing shit at you, trying to take each other out, taunting each other. Uh, this game is is the cartoon version of that minus the blood bags. <laughs> I always enjoy like kart racers right out of the gate, right when you go right off the starting line, because it's always like fun to kind of try to get ahead of the pack. And, you know, you can throw a red shell here or there or whatever and it's always chaotic yeah. right it's kind of like when you mm-hmm. see those big bike bicycle races and a bunch of people start biffing it and one guy just like eats shit and then the next guy behind him like <laughs> tries to avoid him and like takes out his left arm and then does like a f- cartwheel over his handlebars and then before you know it you got like a heap of dudes just like trying <laughs> to get their bikes untangled and figure out like how to get back rolling it's kind of like that you know you kind of get that vibe in and double dash like especially yeah. when you have the characters like swapping positions there's like a taunt maneuver and like they'll say something as they switch positions you know they feel very lively like especially if they bump into somebody or get hit by a weapon you know yeah it definitely does one thing I really liked with the sound design in uh, Diddy Kong, though, too, was that it, we didn't mention, we spoke a bit about contextual awareness where it changes when you go into different areas and stuff. One thing they also yep. did, and this is very, you would miss it if you weren't paying attention, but they did an excellent job with the environment and sound. I don't know if you noticed that. So, for example, if you drive oh, into okay. a cave, all of a sudden you can hear the echoes of your engine reverberating off the cave walls and there's added reverb to the sound. So like if someone taunts you inside the cave, it's going to echo. And then as soon as you exit that cave, you're back outside again, all of that disappears. And it's something you would miss if you weren't paying attention, but it adds so much to the feel of the gameplay experience because you, you're, it adds to the immersion. And it's those little things that, again, when you miss them, you probably don't realize how much more they're immersing you into the game, right? But they're there, and I was really impressed by that. I think for audio, we should probably move on to the next one. We, we spoke a lot here. Yeah, overall, these two games, they, they do what you expect, and sometimes more, you know? There's little things here that sometimes stick out and just kind of go... You, you appreciate them. Like I said, those little flourishes um, and things are nice. Mario Kart classic sounds you get the slot machine buzz of you know rush of dopamine from hearing the the item box go off (laughs) when it's randomizing that's still there yeah still great as always uh you just gotta love it overall and why the hell does uh banjo in diddy kong sound like ray romano (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea really sounds like ray romano that's just probably why he doesn't like talk in his actual game he does like those weird mumbles like (laughs) google Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we should probably move on from sound design at this point, but, uh, it's, it's been nice. It's been good. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) So now we will determine the attack power for each game in the category of sound design. And Mike, why don't you do the honors first? Um, I would give this to Diddy Kong with the score of three. Both games, sound design-wise, they have similar beats. And, like, obviously Diddy Kong is taking it, borrowing it from previous Mario Karts and kind of having its own spin. 
But that's where I think it shines. It's like having its own spin, like its presentation, how like the the card select screen where like each character kind of introduces self. They kind of give like a first impression. The feeling you get from the music as well is, and its voice acting is iconic to say the least, whether that's good well, or bad. you'll remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mario Kart has like, it's got this mentality of it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? And it keeps, like, improving it over time, you know? But I like to see, like, a different spin on that same kind of genre. And I do think, like, Diddy Kong, especially being on the N64, like, it it utilizes its space to its maximum potential. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can tell they really tried hard with the sound design on Diddy Kong, which is why... I would follow suit with you and actually do the same on the ratings. I can't agree more. I think Diddy Kong Racing does deserve the three. Like, they're they're both great games. That's There's no argument there, and they both do sound design well. But it's those little things that stu- stuck out for me, like the contextual awareness. Like, it changes when you're in different parts of the map. It changes at the select screen. You've got, like I said, the reverb echoing in the cave. It places you in that space. And... Even, like, we didn't talk much about it, but the item sounds are good. Like, when you shoot the missiles off, it's a satisfying, cartoony, like, just, you know, whoosh sound that comes out. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels good. It feels good overall. And Mario Kart does that really well. Like, it's iconic. It's, like I said, all of those sounds you expect from Mario Kart are there. But I think I maybe, I might even be taking it for granted because I'm so used to it. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's why I couldn't give it a lower score because it does what it does well. But I don't know. Something special about Diddy Kong Racing, even though if I would say that the music in Mario Kart is better, I think the sound design in Diddy Kong was better. Those are two very different things. But we had to pick a winner. So that's what we went with. Let's take a look now at the round score final. So, starting with the red corner, Mario Kart Double Dash. It earned four points this round. Contact hit. Blue corner, Diddy Kong Racing earned six points from us this round. Now, we do have a quick status update here before we move on to the next round. This is the first time this has occurred. With the total damage done by Diddy Kong Racing this round, which was six points of damage to Mario Kart Double Dash, it has knocked it down to three HP remaining, which puts it into red zone status. Welcome to the red zone. If you fall below five, you're in trouble because you are soon going to be knocked down to that canvas. Things are getting blurry. You're dancing a little funny, man. You're not looking so good in there. If you hit that canvas, don't worry, you're not out of the fight. We will have a referee count and a vote to determine if the game on the canvas is worthy of getting back up and continuing the fight or not. We'll determine that if and when the time comes, but for now, Mario Kart Double Dash is in the red zone, so watch out. Opponent Red Zone! Finishing up this round, round three, here's the final scores. Red corner, Mario Kart Double Dash with that three HP remaining, and blue corner, Diddy Kong Racing with seven HP remaining. Still fairly close. Let's see what happens in round four. Round four. 
Fight! All right, round category four. Round number four, we're talking world building. Now, this is things like characters and story, lore of the world, the writing, the immersion overall from being in that world. Um, I will say right out of the gate that obviously, being that these are kart racers, it's not like there's heavy story here. Um, so I think we're going to talk more about characters and kind of the feel of that world and the immersion around it. Uh, it's just kind of my my assumption. So... You may have noticed when you were playing, and this is kind of in the, with the world building uh, category, but when you're playing Diddy Kong Racing, if you're like, for example, flying, you can kind of tell if you look down at the ground that, oh, you could you could pick a cart on this map and it would also work. I think Double Dash would really benefit if it had that system in play. Like uh, the tracks, like the Donkey Kong one where you go, you shoot out of the, the barrel cannon and you end up flying to the top of the volcano, that would work perfectly for, like, a plane kind of track, you know? Or, like, um, the desert track, for example. Like, if you did, like, a plane version of it, like, it would, you would face, like, different obstacles. You would have like, it's to. the same track, but... You, uh, yeah, because, like, there are, like, tornadoes going off throughout that track, and, like, especially if you're high up in the air, you're more at risk of, like, crashing from that, you know? Yeah. I kept falling for that fucking Sarlacc pit too. I'm call I'm calling it a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> I, I know you're talking. I about, did yeah. like the first two laps because obviously I've never played the stage and like it fooled me once and then I went okay I'm not doing that again. But you really have to be wide <laughs> on those turns to not get stuck in that stupid pit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just thought that was a cool aside. If they did ever do something like that, I would absolutely love to see the open world aspect, especially in a Mario Kart game where you just kind of go from hub to hub. Like, imagine if it was built like Dark Souls or like, <laughs> oh man, something like that. Um, what I like, a, I really like about the world building with Double Dash, like it feels like, it feels like the contained world of the GameCube. Like the tracks are very inspired of what came out at the time on the GameCube, like, and also its characters, like uh, King Boo is one of the unlockable characters, like from Luigi's Mansion, like. Obviously, back then, it wasn't a thing, but if this game had, like, more, like, unlockable content or a DLC of the time where, like, you can unlock more tracks where you saw stuff from, like, Luigi's Mansion or maybe if you had, like, third-party characters like Pikmin. Pikmin was huge back in the day. Like, if you saw more stuff like that, that would kind of, like, flesh out the world more, you know? Speaking of, like, the characters and stuff and the design of, like, you know, who's on there you know like you just mentioned you got boo as an unlockable character i just felt like the cast they give you right out of the box too like just the on the unlocked characters even that right there is it it was a pleasant sight for me to open that up because i'm so used to the older like i played mario kart 64 so much that like after a while you kind of got you kind of kind of wished i wish there was more characters here right because like they yeah. kind of all controlled similar for the most part and having this option to like open up the menu and i think out of the gate they give you 20 different characters if i'm not mistaken so it's like i think so something around it's there. just so nice to see that and it really feels like a party like it, it feels like like we talked about earlier it's the mad max thing you're all in the thick of it right out of the starting line and that just feels it feels like a celebration because you have so many of the characters on screen at once and it's just really cool to yeah. see i think what favors double dash over diddy kong like how it fleshes out like the gear as well like the carts in double dash like feel like very unique and quirky to their game you know like you there's like a little baby scooter like there's bowser's cart just looks like a tank donkey kong essentially drives a barrel with wheels on it 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, the characters' personalities come through in the carts, right? Where you wouldn't have had that in 64. Yeah. And yeah, it's very well done that way. I, I, I really like to mm-hmm. see that because that's kind of like, this is the first game where I believe they started doing stuff like that, right? Yeah. I really noticed too that um, with going back to Diddy Kong for a second is when we talk about like world building and story, like Mario Kart doesn't really have a story. It's just get in there and race. And I don't think it needs it, honestly, for the type of game that it is. I yeah. don't think it would help. Diddy Kong actually kind of tries to have a story, but I think they also realize that it's not really needed either. But I do appreciate, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Whizpig, the villain, is in there because it kind of yeah. gives you an end game, if anything. Like that's kind of what the story serves. It's like you're here to race, essentially, but you're doing that so you can rid the land of evil, right? So it's kind of cool that you have this villain there because you you don't really get that in Mario Kart. Like, Bowser's usually the villain, but in Mario Kart, you can play as the villain, so it kind of takes that whole, you know, good versus evil out of the game, whereas Diddy Kong kind of maintains that, you know? And I actually kind of like that. I like that there's that little element of, I don't need much story in a kart racer, but it was kind of neat to have a goal, right? I do like you, you feel it how the villains are different from the the kart races like in perspective proportion wise i should say i think it's like four or five bosses including Wizpick, and they're all like skyscrapers compared to your size you know yeah and like even when you race them like they always cheat like at first like, oh yeah when you the worst when you race Wizpick, he starts running before it's the guy says go i'm like oh fuck you like <laughs> i know it's the same thing with that fucking octopus oh man yep yep hate that guy like you their personality definitely shines to like how they they fight dirty and they're not very like sportsman like in the races yeah yeah but you're right that's a big part of world building like it is their character they're the bad guys they're gonna do that and it is kind of cool mm-hmm. like the boss fights feel special even if honestly i don't think they're the most well designed part of the game they do feel special when you get them because you kind of have to earn them and then you know, you get to see the game work in a way that it normally doesn't. And it Mario Kart doesn't really do that for you, right? It's kind of like you've played a few tracks, you kind of know what to expect. But with this one, there's always kind of something different around the corner. And that was a cool little bit of world building. I think uh, Diddy Kong would work best, like, in terms of world building, if it was offered a sequel. Like, if even if it came out on the N64 or the GameCube, like, if you had, even if you had the same cast of characters, just, like grown up a little more evolved like especially if conquer posts bad fur day that would have been interesting <laughs> like have the characters come um, back once they've been established maybe have some new ones that maybe were shown up in other like make it almost like a smash bros type of thing like with other maybe rare characters or whatever right because they kind of were going for that it's the problem is like they weren't established right so you didn't have the background you're totally right. A sequel would have been great, actually. I kind of wonder, why the hell wasn't this on the Rare Replay that came out for the Xbox? Like, Well, I think it was like um, like a Nintendo... Licensing thing? Kind of property. Yeah, because like certain Rare games, like there's some licensing issues. Yeah. Like There was actually like a semi-remake on the DS of Diddy Kong Racing, but it's kind of more like filtered out to be kind of like nintendo-esque like it's basically the same game but like it kind of lacks the charm of the n64 port and there's there's also issues of like when rare was bought out by microsoft and banjo is now property of microsoft as well as conquer i've looked up there were plans to make like a 
kind of a spiritual sequel to Diddy Kong Racing, but kind of like more vastly different. Right. Would have been interesting. Like kind of like having the same cast, like especially since Banjo-Kazooie was such a huge success, like seeing that a part of the Banjo world kind of fleshed out in Diddy Kong, like how you'll see kind of Spiral Mountain kind of courses, yeah. you know, yeah. or stuff from, stuff from Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, you know. That would have been cool. It's too bad they didn't get to that point. But uh, going back to Double Dash again, though, world building's kind of just done on autopilot by Nintendo because it's kind of already established that this is a party game. Like, they, I kind of lump them in with Mario parties and those that genre, right? I think most people would. Yeah. It's kind of like a Smash Bros where it's like, yeah, you can take it seriously and you can get good at it and compete or you can just play it with friends for fun, but it's not like you're playing, you know mario sunshine on the gamecube or something and you know there's a story and in a progression there it's just you know pick it up and play so it again going back to what we said earlier like it doesn't really need that but i think knowing that it's a party game nintendo kind of understands that they want that feeling when you pick up and play it it's this is kind of difficult to put but i guess the way they try to immerse you in mario kart is by making you understand as the player that this is like almost an alternate universe kind of scenario right where yeah this isn't actually happening in like the regular timelines of these games but it's kind of like you're having a dream and you know you've got all these crazy characters on a, a track just racing for no reason and you know it works. I don't know. Strangely, it works. I think it's more just the appeal of, oh, I can play as any character and all, on all these, you know, unique stages. And it kind of just defeats the purpose of even having world building outside from, hey, who fucking cares? That's pretty much the world building. Like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you need any more than this? Nope, I'm good. So I think in that sense that it's kind of a recreational thing. It actually kind of covers this category, even though there's probably not a whole lot to talk about, you know? It's its own thing. So, like, what more do you need, really, when, uh, you know, you're on a quest to go and defeat an evil pig who <laughs> cheats in races, hoping to come out on top so the racist elephant can give you a balloon? <laughs> Between the two, uh, world building, honestly, it's not too different. Th these have all been very close, and I think it's just the nature of the games we're playing. Um, I did give this one to Diddy Kong with a three and a Mario Kart with a two. The reason I wanted to do that is just the little things I said. Having a story mode, even if it is light, does help to give you a goal where I, I feel like because you're in this game and you're collecting things and you're trying to do all the challenges, even just having bosses, right? It's kind of like they're like little sub goals on the way to the main one. And I think with a game like this, that's enough story to kind of make that one player mode more interesting. Whereas Mario Kart didn't really have that. Although with Mario Kart, you know, like we talked about, the immersion is there if you really want to play like a party style game. But Diddy Kong's world and especially again, going back to that hub world, it sold me on it. It felt like there was it felt like there was characters actually living there in that land. And that kind of put it over the edge for me. So, yeah, that's why I went that way. How about you? Um, I'm kind of on the same boat. Um, I would go with Diddy Kong with a, a score of four over Mario Kart. It's not completely fleshed out, but I there's something there. Like I mentioned before, like how this would benefit better with a sequel. Um, there's a strong template. Like it has this very like interesting cast of characters and like this different approach of how to handle like 
a racing game to the form of like a, a campaign or adventure mode where like it it makes you repeat a lot of the same tracks but like it doesn't feel like tiresome you know like oh it just it ha engages you like when you got to go back and you got to play the same tracks again but you got to collect like coins or whatever and you still got to come in first place that's where like the adrenaline and anxiety kick yeah. in, you know not only do you got to get this extra stuff but you still got to win it's not you don't get an easy way out and on top of that there's like the um, the antagonists as well where we mentioned how like they fight dirty and whatnot and like you never really get that in like mario kart mario kart's a very like what a lot of mario franchises with the exception of a few like they always play it safe but just for the sake of like having fun you know i think it works well in that regard you know well yeah i'm surprised that you actually jumped the score up to a four i wasn't expecting that but that is gonna pack <laughs> a huge punch for diddy kong racing let's go right now and find out what the attack power is for the red corner mario kart double dash earned three points this round total between the two of us contact hit Blue Corner Diddy Kong Racing earned seven points total between the two of us. First of all, we do have Blue Corner Diddy Kong Racing down to four HP now with the current damage. Diddy Kong Racing is in the red zone, but is still standing, whereas Mario Kart... Mario Kart has been knocked down to the canvas, falling below zero HP. Now, we will initiate the referee's count at this point. It is a count of 10 seconds. Mike and I have that 10 seconds to decide between the two of us if we think Mario Kart should continue for the next two rounds, or if we call it right here. Mike, now let's talk about it. What do you think? Can you give your vote? Yep, let's have it continue. I think it would be a shame not to, so yes. Let's go ahead and give Mario Kart a continue. Mario Kart is back on its feet. The HP meter is replenished to 8 HP and will carry forward. But remember, you can only get knocked down three times in a fight or it is game over. So Mario Kart has to turn things around in the next couple rounds. So after four rounds of combat, we're currently looking at red corner Mario Kart Double Dash with 8 HP after a knockdown and blue corner Diddy Kong Racing with 4 HP uh, I've made the decision right now that since we are running long on this first episode, we are going to combine the last two categories into one and make it like a super category. So this will only be for the first episode. We're just giving you a more condensed version of the final. This is where things change a little bit here. We want to talk more about not just design, but kind of the experience, more from an analytical territory for the both of us. What do these games mean to us? How do they impact us? So for those rounds, this final round, we're going to combine it into one and talk impact and meaning all together. And we just want to basically discover what this meant for us personally from an experience standpoint. And did they kind of connect on a deeper level other than just being, you know, mechanical things like gameplay and audio. Round five, fight. All right, round five. This is going to be the final round. Let's jump right into it. Mike, we have two 
very, very good gameplay experiences here, and it is going to be tough. I Like, it was tough for me to figure out which one had more impact and meaning. When I put Mario Kart up against Diddy Kong, there was a part of me that's kind of like, well, it's Mario Kart, you know? You have to give Mario Kart a good score. And the more I thought about it, it was like, well, what did I actually feel between the two, two games? Like, what actually got me thinking about the games? What actually got me wanting to come back and play more and do, like, experience more of the game? And, like, there's, there's a reason that we have an impact category in this fight. Because we want to know, if you were to play this game for the first time... Which is the one you're more likely to pick up a second time? And I think that's what Impact kind of does, right? Did it stick with you initially? Uh, maybe you had some nostalgia coming in, which I did with Diddy Kong Racing. I've played this as a kid. Maybe it was the first impressions that really blew you away. Like I said, I've never played Double Dash, and the first impressions were very good. So when we look at Impact, we're kind of wondering, did this change the way you play? Did it have that significance to you? Like, what did you feel between these two? I think I kind of have to go with Diddy Kong in terms of like overall impact because of how much of like an impact its structure as a racing game and how it handles like single player. Like that's a big crucial point for me, how it handles single player. Because like games like Mario Party or even Mario Kart, Smash, Smash Brothers, like they work a lot better with other people. But like if you play it by yourself, like it just feels weird, you know, like even as like just playing the game itself, like it's just like an awkward experience. Like it just like not really designed that way. Just going back to that point, like the hub world thing in Diddy Kong is a single player only experience. You can't do the hub world in multiplayer. So obviously it's a big part of it. And that is going to leave an impression on you because it hasn't been seen a lot in Kart Racer. So it is kind of a cool little gimmick that makes you go, wow, this is different somehow. The game defines itself by doing things differently. I really feel like they weren't afraid to take chances. And Rare is good at that, though. Rare, they find creative ways to do what's been done and then improve on it. Like that, I think that's the reason why GoldenEye worked, because prior to GoldenEye, uh, first-person shooters on consoles just didn't work very well, and there was no established convention for how to do this. And I believe Rare was the company to look at that title and go, okay, so this hasn't been done well. We like the concept of our first-person shooter on a console. How are we going to do it? And then they go and find out how to do it. Diddy Kong Racing is very similar in that vein because they said, okay, well, Mario Kart, you know, is a fantastic title on the n64 already how do we make our own version of this but do it in a way that improves what's already been laid down and i think the story mode was kind of their golden ticket you know without that this would have just mm -hmm. been honestly probably another generic kart racer so it leaves a big impact yeah i would agree with that it does because they saw that potential and they acted on it and again it's like i said earlier i don't know why more games haven't really done this you know, it's it seems like a really good yeah. idea. It plays well. I just don't understand. But, you know. Yeah, Rare, like, in the 90s was always, like, great at pushing the envelope. Like, Banjo-Kazooie is a great example of, like, taking Mario, Super Mario 64 and kind of reinventing it and, like, making a more modern modernization of, like, the collectathon genre. You yeah. Know? Going back to, like, Mario Kart Double Dash, I do feel like it impacts well, like, if you are playing this as a multiplayer experience, 
Because like that's one thing people were always go back to Mario Kart 64 because that battle system mode is just so well done. And like even and it shows in Double Dash as well. Like it's so engaging with friends and like it's like playing Smash Brothers and Mario Party. Like it just like it's just designed to play with friends and like have just a good time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's the party structure and Mario Kart does it well. I'm not discrediting Mario Kart. I don't want to sound like that. I think Double Dash is a great game. Impact wise, though, if you're not playing this multiplayer, it's not as potent. You know, it just isn't. It, it actually feels kind of like a beeline Mario Kart title. And I hate to say that. But once you add friends into the equation, it changes that completely. Like, it just does. And it will, I guarantee that. But I think I have trouble with the impact hitting me as hard with Mario Kart, even though I really tried to love this game. Because, I, like I said, when I heard about it as a kid, I was blown away by the concept that you'd have, like, a sidecar aspect. I was so excited to play this. I just don't know that it maybe holds up as well as it could it's still I can agree it's with still that, fully but... playable like there's nothing wrong with the controller the way it plays it's just when you have like games like Mario Kart 8 or you know just newer iterations of this I feel like there's quality of life improvements that kind of make this one I don't want to say obsolete but it's just like it's like I said earlier if you had a choice between all of the Mario games you're probably not going to pick this one first right you're probably not going to go, oh, it's Double Dash every time. And I know some people really love this game, so I hate saying that. But for me personally, I expected more of an impact and I just didn't feel it. Like, it just kind of felt like, yes, this is what I expect from Mario Kart, but I really wanted that Double Dash aspect to shine and I don't feel like it did. Um, so it was really tough for me. But here's the thing. Let's just say we had the perfect conditions to play this because I think that's the most fair way to rate it. Let's say we had, like... The, f the full four-player co-op experience in Mario Kart. We had all the friends over, and we're doing Double Dash the way it's meant to be played, and we're having a blast. Let's say that's, that's the criteria here. Even with that, I feel like it would hold my entertainment for a couple of hours, and then I'd be good to play something else. With Diddy Kong, mm -hmm. I couldn't stop thinking about this game for days. I'm not joking. Like, oh, I did wow. not think it was going to hit me that hard, but oh my god, did it ever. Man, I... Something about... Sitting on the floor, you know, it's just the me and the glow of the TV. I have a malfunctioning fluorescent light in this room or the ballast just goes on and off. So it'll overheat and the lights will just go out while I'm in the middle of a game. <laughs> and when that happened, I kind of went, wow, this reminds me of being a kid again. And it felt good because it reminded me that these kart racing games this we need more of this i had more fun playing these games for a handful of hours than i've had with these like 60 plus 60 plus hour rpgs that i've been playing like these more modern games lately it just has an innocence to it these these car racing games that is just immediately fun you don't have to be good at them but if you can get good at them they become more rewarding and i don't know it's, it's just gaming distilled down to like a more a simpler form you know but when i come back to diddy kong the thing that kept me addicted to it was that progression model that rare put in there if double dash had something similar i believe i would have rated double dash higher here but diddy kong has it you go in you got the hub world you got missions to beat that you can go back to with harder challenges later on you got things to unlock secrets to find you got challenge races uh you've got boss battles there's so much here 
it's like when you beat one race, you're thinking, okay, I got to wrap it up. I got things to do. And in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, just one more race. And I kept doing that. I kept doing it over and over. It hooked me. Yeah, I think going back to what you were saying about how Double Dash doesn't really resonate today, I can agree with that because, like, like I'm kind of the exception when it comes to these games because I grew up with these games, but, like, I don't feel like... They are definitely relics of their time. Like, I feel like people who only really care about Double Dash are, like, people who grew up with it or remember when it came right. out. Like, nowadays, like, if you show Double Dash to someone, like, it's very, like, kind of gimmicky. Like, all oh, the remember that one Mario Kart that, like, did that? And, like, and that's kind of unfortunate because they never went back to it with, like, Mario Kart 8, the whole, like, tag team gimmick. But, like, it feels kind of, like, lost in time, though, unfortunately, with Double Dash. Like its impact is kind of faded, like, in the long run. Like, even though at the same time, Diddy Kong is kind of like, it only really resonates with people who grew up with that game. It's kind of like with GoldenEye. Like, it kind of outlived its, like, in its prime, you know? Like, it's very, like, if you even go back and play GoldenEye, it feels kind of clunky, yeah. but, like, even though it was, like, a big deal back then. Yeah, 100% agree. But I do think its influences like its overall impact does shine in modern racers with Diddy Kong and how its structure is like how to make like playing a multiplayer game engaging if you're by yourself, you know? I think it handles that very well. Yeah, definitely. It's got the versatility. Diddy Kong, you can go in, play single, you can play with friends, you got the battle mode in there still, which we didn't really talk about, but is is a decent battle mode. It it's akin to what you would have had on Mario Kart 64. I do like Mario Kart 64's battle mode a bit better. I just think it controls a bit mm -hmm. better. Um, but yeah, you've got that in Diddy Kong, so it's it's nice that they included it, because it really... Like, there's levels that you never see unless you play battle mode, right, with these types of games, and it's nice to know that content is there, so you haven't even exhausted the game after you beat single player. There's more to experience. Really quite nice uh, package that they wrapped it up into and i will say this about mario kart double dash i like the point you made about it being lost in time because that's very true i think my nostalgia i'd be lying if it didn't play in a bit to my decision for diddy kong but i also am very open with these things to new experiences being more powerful than the nostalgic ones and sometimes with nostalgia you go back and realize it's not as good as you remember fortunately enough diddy kong passed that test i felt the same if not more for this game playing it now as an adult so yeah it it just hearing you say that you have nostalgia for double dash and even you don't seem at least from what i'm gathering as i guess hyped on it now as you may have been before uh, i guess it just kind of speaks to these two games and their strengths and weaknesses and don't get me wrong both are great games i just I'm leaning more to that blue corner to Diddy Kong. That's where I'm going. I think uh, if you're ready, I'm I'm actually ready to reveal my score. Unless there's any more you want to say to wrap up on these two. Um, I think with um, like you were saying, I do agree with you with my stance on Mario Kart Double Dash. Like, I like the idea of like nostalgia of Double Dash, like all oh, like to my childhood, etc. And like when you actually get into it, it's like yeah, I had my fun. Like I kind of dies out as soon as you play yeah. it. But Diddy Kong. It's core elements, like, it makes it very engaging. Like, it makes you want to keep going at it. It's, like, a really good, like, RPG, even though you're just doing the same thing over and over, but it's good, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rare is good at that. If you have, if you're a collector and you like to complete everything and check those boxes off, like, 
you'll like this game for sure no doubt about it mario kart double dash yeah, doesn't really. have that but yeah i never really thought about it until you mentioned it like this is essentially like a racing collectathon with like yeah. the coins and balloons it <laughs> really is and they don't fuck around They're, they you have to place first to beat a race you can't come in second it's not like mario kart where okay i got second in one level in the circuit i'll i'll make up for that later you know whatever it's you have to place first so you have to get good at the courses and some of them are harder than others some of them for some reason i felt like the ai was even a little unbalanced i'll admit that it's not a perfect game like it felt like on some races they were just so easy to pass and then on others they like they are almost damn near perfect on some of those turns and it's like there's no rhyme or reason to it almost but if anything it just forces you to learn the game like it will give you a break sometimes but it's not always going to do that so that being said i want to just quickly touch on meaning before we give our scores because we are doing a combined final round here we talked a lot about impact i kind of just want to touch on what we categorize as meaning in on this podcast and it's more like just the overall package the whole experience like when you've stepped away from the game and you've had some time to think about it, like what are you feeling about it? What does it mean to you? What do you think it maybe means to others that makes it relevant? Uh, what are some of those greater thematic undertones if they're there? And honestly, with these, these types of games, I don't really think they have anything poetic to say. <laughs> but like maybe what these games are trying to say, and this could just be bullshit, I could just be blowing hot air, but like maybe, maybe they're just trying to tell you to relax and enjoy the moment. Because I kind of felt that with Diddy Kong, like with so many modern games, going back to that example, you're always thinking about the next thing you have to do or like the next part of the quest or the next thing you're going to collect. And it almost becomes like a little bit of a, it's not that the collecting part of it's a problem because then uh, that would kind of clash with my point about this being kind of a collectathon. I, I think what I mean is more like I take a game like this is not even in the same vein, but like Skyrim where... You do a lot of like routine kind of activities in a game like that, where sometimes it doesn't really feel like you're even playing a game. Like the gameplay aspect is kind of stripped out and you're kind of just checking something off a list, but the gameplay portion is gone. Like sometimes when I play a game like that, questing doesn't really feel like questing anymore, which is what it's supposed to be. With with Diddy Kong, yes, you may be collecting and checking things off a list, but the gameplay is always there in that moment. You're still having to use skill to race and you have to think strategically about, you know, which routes to take. You have to know when to use which power-ups. And, like, there's always a gameplay aspect in the moment. And if you don't think too hard about what you're doing, you can just kind of go moment to moment and really enjoy yourself. There's a, yeah, there's that, that innocence to it. And I think the, game, the games like this, even though, yes, they have a story, they have progression, it's kind of just like, it's a Nintendo game. Enjoy yourself. If you don't want to collect everything, you don't have to. You can still get just the same amount of enjoyment out of a game like this. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with the how like the engagement is there. Like a lot of even Nintendo games now, you see like with Animal Crossing, like they feel like you said, like routine kind of base. Like you only like pop it in just to do like your chores in the game. Like it doesn't feel like don't get me wrong, it's a it's a very interesting and different narrative, but like this this feels like more engaging, like kind of like how like Dark Souls and Bloodborne are today where like it's very like heavy on the gameplay. And that's what kind of engages you more, like kind of puts you in. Yeah, that you have to know the games, systems you know? to succeed, right? So it gives you yeah. something to do. 
It's not just like Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. hop in a car, drive from point A to point B. Well, that was a mission. Like, you didn't really do anything, right? You listened to some dialogue, and that was kind of it. Yeah, what seems to work well is, like, when games focus on, like, one specific element. Like, here, racing, or, like, like kind of adds adventure to, like, what would seem mundane in, like, regular life, you know? The word mundane is is a good one because like the last thing you want is a game to be mundane and I, I just really appreciated that Diddy Kong and Mario Kart are games that you could just pick up, play, and have a great time and, and that's that's awesome. I like that. Any more any more to say in this category before we wrap? I know we already said we would like ten minutes ago. We probably actually should. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I think I'm good. All right. So. Well let's uh find out what we scored on the final round of this fight. <laughs> So moving into the phase two combat sequence, this is the combined category of impact and meaning. And let's, uh, you know what, Mike, I'll let you do the honors. And uh, why don't you start us off here to close out this fight? Um, I'll give it to Diddy Kong, like uh, with a score of three representing both categories. Um, I think like it is a rusty experience. It's kind of definitely a gem of the 90s and like, something people who grew up in the 90s would appreciate more if like someone today would discover rediscover it even in terms of rediscovering double dash but i think diddy kong racing's long-term effects of like influencing other racing games has a bigger impact i feel whereas like double dash has a very like kind of gimmicky feel and like it has more modern and updated racing mechanics but like it feels like it's only contained within the mario kart kind of series you know like the term gimmicky can be tough because like it's not a derogative thing i think sometimes gimmicks can actually work very well for games sure. um you look at like yeah, even diddy kong has selling... gimmicks like yeah oh yeah like one of the highest selling games on the wii was wii sports and i don't know if that's just because it was a pack-in but everybody played wii sports and that's a very gimmicky game but i guarantee you everybody who played mm-hmm. it had a great time Look at the success of Rock yeah. Band and Guitar Hero. Those games sold like crazy. And I don't know if you still have a plastic guitar collecting dust in your closet, but many of you do. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, because sometimes gimmicks just work. So because we say gimmicky doesn't mean bad, I don't want people to think that. I just think that for Double Dash, I, I would agree with you that it maybe could have hit harder. And it definitely works better, as we discussed, as a multiplayer game for sure. But standing the test of yeah. time, I, I'm not confident in that ease either, to be honest. I think, like, um, if Nintendo revisited the concept, like, in a later entry, I think it would have kind of held up better, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, even as, a, like, a game mode to, in the new Mario Kart where it's an optional thing. Like, it could be a lot of fun if they reworked it a little bit and just had it there yeah. as, like, a, an homage to what was once something they tried. Like, I don't... I don't necessarily think it should be forgotten, but yeah, it could have been implemented a little better too. Like I said, I had some gripes early in the show about the way that it was kind of limited in, you know, when you're on the track, switching characters really just amounts to switching items. Like that's pretty much all it is. And that kind of sucks. Like I feel like they could have did more. It could have been like, okay, well I'm coming into a sharp turn here. I need to shift the weight so I can turn faster. I'll switch characters or something, you know, or like I need more speed at this section. Let's put someone heavy you know, on the on the back or, or whatever, right? Like, that would have been cool to see if it was more interactive 
than just, oh, your stats changed because you picked Donkey Kong and Luigi or something, right? Yeah. To wrap this up, I think you know where I'm headed. It's similar territory. Um, between the two games, I actually ended up with a seven-point final in this round for Diddy Kong Racing and three points for Mario Kart on the other end. Yeah, you probably know how this one ended up. <laughs> if you don't like our opinions, I understand. We address the elephant thing. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> Going forward, this was just our pilot episode, really, just to get the concept out. And it might be a little rough around the edges. We're new to this concept, this format, this formula. I guarantee if you stick with us, it's going to get better and better. But here's the most exciting part. You get to choose the matchups. As the listener of this show, follow us on Instagram at Console War Fight Night because every single day we've got a new post going out to update on a brand new 16 game tournament every month they will encompass multiple generations usually we stick between the third and the sixth so that's around your nes era up to the ps2 uh, xbox era and everything in between but the beautiful part is we post the matchups regularly and you can go on our page, hit our story and vote on the games you want to see move forward. You will determine which games meet the finals and come on the podcast to get talked about. So please participate in that because we are 100% community driven in that light and we want to keep it that way. We want you guys to be picking these matchups for us and determining the games we will play. Uh, that's, that's really why we wanted to do this. We want to interact with the retro gaming community and really just share memories, uh, experience games we never got to play and just have a great time here. So let's go right into it. We are now at the tail end of this. Let's tally up the final scores and find out who's walking home victorious. But I feel like it's a bit of a landslide. And I'll be honest, I didn't see this. I did not see this coming when we started. I expected it to be a lot closer. But let's take a look. For this round, earning seven points total in the red corner was Mario Kart Double Dash. And for the final round in the blue corner, Diddy Kong Racing earned a total of 13 points between the two of us. Now let's head to center ring where a winner will be declared. After five rounds of combat, the winner of this match by judge decision and new console war fight night world heavyweight champion Diddy Kong Racing! So the final fight results for tonight, the winning game with one knockdown, a total of 40 points earned in the blue corner. Diddy Kong Racing is our very first CWFN champion. The opposing game in the red corner, Mario Kart Double Dash, finished this fight off with zero knockdowns, a total of 23 points. A bit of a landslide, isn't it, Mike? I did not see that coming. Yeah, me either. I, I thought it'd be more like neck and neck compared to the games. Yeah, like we're not talking like just a few points. That's 17 points of difference there. So that's pretty substantial. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to just clear up now or any, any closing thoughts on the games? Um, I'm happy to just do a couple more minutes if you, if you do want to talk about 
anything else that we might have missed or you're just your i don't know impressions of the fight as it was like what did you think yeah i think like we touched upon like most of the content from both titles i was pretty shocked myself like how how diddy kong had more weight to it compared to like the powerhouse that is Mario Kart, you know, was able to hold its own against it, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I, I could say it again. It was a landslide and we didn't see it coming, but we want to thank you for joining us on behalf of Console War Fight Night. This was our first show. Uh, thanks for bearing with us through some of the rough parts. And remember to go and vote Console War Fight Night on Instagram. Subscribe to our channel there on Instagram and check for daily updates because uh, we're going to be po- posting new fights new results new matchups and we really do want you to decide who we're talking about at the end of the day here so check it out and thank you for sticking with us tonight mike is there anything you want to you want to put out there i know it's our first episode so we, we probably have you know what i can state a fa- it's a fact right now we have one listener i can say we probably have at least one listener and i can say that as a <laughs> truthful fact because if we have no listeners then it's just a tree falling in the forest baby and no one around to hear it <laughs> and it doesn't matter and you want to plug anything anything you're doing anything you want people to check out you do some, some fantastic artwork on your instagram maybe uh, you want to send some people over there uh yeah i have my own personal like art instagram uh droid acid but you can check out my art there yeah definitely check out droid acid you you do some really cool things on that channel and i really love seeing the art that you draw uh, Mike actually does poster art for Console War Fight Night as well. You probably would have seen the Diddy Kong versus Mario boxing poster he did. I just was floored by that, and uh, hopefully there'll be plenty more of those in the future. We'll be posting those on the Console War Fight Night page as well to check out with links to more of Mike's stuff. So we're going to be doing our best to keep these regular. You'll see a Console War head-to-head championship episode every month at the end of every month and we do have plans to work in a second episode to make this bi-weekly so bear with us on that as we figure out the details we will update you the place to be is console war fight not on instagram for all that stuff so check us out and thank you for joining us for our very first episode so blue corner diddy kong racing taking the championship home who will be our next champion find out next month on console war fight night